Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective podcast. I'm Cassandra, and I am, as always, just so grateful that you're here today for another episode. Uh, With everything going on in the world, I know that things are a bit heavy, and I actually just posted something on Instagram this morning. I fell silent for a while. I really wanted to ensure that I showed up in the way that felt correct for me. I've had a lot of anxiety and part of me really wanted to share that piece. But on the flip side, I've really gained a lot of clarity on what I believe this time is here to show us. And for me, it really boils down to deep, deep empathy and so much mindfulness. Mindfulness has never been more important than it is right now. I won't lie and say that I wasn't a bit naive in the beginning when this all started to come to the surface. Um, When I first heard of the coronavirus and um, realized there was such media manic around everything, I got a little frustrated because I, I do feel like the media has a way of scaring all of us and fear generally doesn't um, allow us to make the most wise or intuitive decisions, right? We tend to um, react from an egoic state, which is so human. And so I forgive that and I witness that entirely. What I think is so important here is that we see the bigger picture. We see beyond ourselves. So although I might not be sick, I, by not social distancing myself, could run into somebody who is not even realize that I have the coronavirus and hand it off to someone who cannot handle it. It really is such a collective thing and we owe it to other people. We owe it to strangers. We owe it to the people that we love to be hypersensitive in this moment, even if it's inconvenient. For most of us, it is so inconvenient to isolate, but it is so, it is It is so imperative just as a human being walking this earth with other human beings that we are sensitive and that we show empathy and grace to the greater picture. And that also goes with the scarcity mindset. I just want to encourage anyone. I'm not, I am not judging. If you ran to the store and you bought all the things, okay, that's fine. It's all good. But if you are still in that mind frame of not having enough and feeling like, um, you're, you're in fear of scarcity, I encourage you to try and think of the people who um, are consistently living paycheck to paycheck, who rely on those pantry staples like rice and beans, who rely on those frozen vegetables um, and toilet paper and diapers for their children who might not be able to go and buy in bulk. And, you know, they go to the store yesterday or tomorrow and there's nothing there for them to purchase. So as, as much as our egos are trying to tell us that we need to buy all the things and stock up and, and make sure that we have enough supply for months to come, even though we have the resources to be able to survive a little bit longer than other people might try and just tap into that, to that part of the human collective and be a little bit more sensitive to those people who might be without and who might be in a real state of panic um, as far as scarcity and reliance um, just to get by day to day. That's all I'm going to say. I really hope that that doesn't come off as preachy because truly there is no judgment here. There is only, like I said, 
mindfulness and a deep empathy for everyone around me. My biggest goal is to stay healthy for myself and to protect everyone around me, whether I know them or not. Um, And I can do that by just hosting up at home and taking Jasper for really long walks and treating this as a time to do the things that I, you know, always say that I don't have time for. Um, I'm not treating this as a snow day, but rather a, a chance to get a deeper understanding as to like what this pandemic can teach me and hopefully can teach all of us. So now that I'm done with that introduction, it felt really important to, to recognize it, um, and to address it. So I, oh my gosh, today's episode, I am just so excited to introduce you all to Megan McClure. She is a fine art photographer and just a beautiful writer by nature. Um, she's someone that I started following on Instagram a while ago, um, First off, because of her photography, we have very similar styles and viewpoints and both really appreciate photographing um, women and celebrating the female form. Megan is tapped into it on a whole other level, so she's been such a beautiful teacher for me. Um, And I just can't wait to share not only her work and her views on her work with all of you, but this conversation goes so beyond that and really taps into self-love and body acceptance, which I think is really, really crucial and not talked about enough. And you guys all know how much I love to shatter anything that's taboo. So Megan was just the perfect person for this. And she gives us the gift of just being so unapologetically herself and so transparent and authentic with her answers. When we wrapped, it was pretty cool because it was 333 where Megan is. And that is the number for creativity. Anyone who, um, feels and, uh, who feels into numerology, Megan and I definitely do. So that was really special to be able to wrap, um, up at that time. So I really can't wait to share her with all of you. I just, I know you won't be disappointed no matter what your story, no matter your journey. Um, I really think that she's expansive for anyone. So she, like I said, is also an intuitive writer. And I say that because she really just speaks from her, from her heart, from her gut and, um, shares with all of us without reservation. And I wanted to share, um, a piece of her writing right before I introduce her to all of you. Our conditioning lies deep. We are taught since we are able to walk what gender we are, and what behaviors and colors come with the identification. In school, we learn to say the president when our teachers ask us what we want to be. We are taught that our jobs should bring us thousands of dollars every month because, well, once we have enough money, we'll have more happiness. Alternatively, we are taught that money is hard to come by, which then makes us feel desperate and unhappy. We are taught that we must have nice things because without them, we are not ambitious. We are taught that women should play hard to get so that men can think they're interesting, and that boys should be elusive to be men, and that we should all date attractive and successful people because then we'll all feel worthy. Let's out a long, drawn-out groan that turns into a wildish yell. I'm so tired of this same song and dance. My heart aches for the mountains, but there is no money there. My heart aches for connection, but there is no mystery in this. My heart aches for more time to dig deeper, but there is no success in contemplation. 
What if we all told each other that the rules of which we are trained to play are all made up? What if we all decided to burn those expectations to the ground? I feel so damn much. I desire too damn much. This expansive heart is not settled. This expansive heart is on fucking fire all of the time. This mind of mine doesn't stop, and it is not satisfied with these checked boxes. We can do anything we want to. We can be anything we want to. It's not who they told us to be. It's not how they told us to do it. My love, you are a magical combination of useful information and gifts to give the world, but you are too tired to share them and too financially tied to pursue them. Can we, at least, set an intention then, on this full moon, that we will welcome into our lives that of which we most desire, that of which brings us most joy, peace, and lightness? This is not all there is. Wake up, wake up, wake up. So powerful. I love this human, and I just met her. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Megan McClure. As I mentioned in the intro, Megan is a fine art photographer specializing in capturing the female form. Her images and her words are so breathtaking, and I'm lucky enough to be attending one of her workshops this spring in Miami. So, Megan, I am so, so grateful that you've taken the time and the space to come on the show and to share yourself with us. You are, as I mentioned to you when we were chatting prior, you're honestly such a ray of light, and I'm always so drawn to your words and your imagery. So, again, thank you. Beyond excited that you're here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And thanks for all the kind words. Also really excited to meet you when we do the workshop. We do. I can't wait. <laughs> okay, so I always like to start off by asking my guests to paint a picture for the audience of your current surroundings. So what does life look like for you right now in this present moment? All right. Well, I'm in Miami. Uh, so it's beautiful. It's a really hot day, which I don't take for granted at mm-hmm. all because I grew up in Ohio. So it's probably pretty chilly there still. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in my apartment and I've been here since August and it's my favorite place to spend time, which is also a good feeling. So it's got like light wood floors, white walls, lots of plants, a ton of sunlight. So it's just like a little oasis. Oh my gosh, that sounds so nice. I feel like you just painted like my perfect apartment. <laughs> how did you <laughs> find it? That's what it feels like to me. <laughs> yeah, how did you find it? Um, so great story, actually. I uh, moved out of a, a relationship and then kind of needed to find my own spot. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine who lives in New York had been um, had kept her apartment in Miami and she was finally at a point where she really wanted to get rid of it. So she was like, hey, I know you're looking for a spot. Like, do you want to move in? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Let me see. So I went to go look at it. And I was like, yes, oh, yes, I do. So I she had that. it for like seven years and then transferred it over. So like kept it in the family. That's so nice. Like that's so kismet. And to have like the energy of the place being someone that you love, like a friend. That's yes. so nice. Yeah. That's very cool. So let's get into your background, starting with your childhood and your upbringing. What what was that like? Where are you from? Um, yeah. What was your childhood like? I know you said Ohio. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a really tiny town in Ohio. I mean, to like paint 
a pretty vivid picture. The school that I went to in like elementary and middle school was a K through 12 school. So, I mean, there were about 40 people in each class. It's really, really tiny, literally in the middle of a cornfield. So it was interesting. So I I was raised really um, conservative in surroundings, but my parents were not particularly um, super vocal on being super conservative, Mm -hmm. just, you know, the area that we grew up in. Mm -hmm. And then um, I ended up moving to Portland, Oregon in high school. And that was completely different. I went from 40 people in a class to the biggest high school in Oregon, which had 900 kids in one class. So And so liberal, too. Super liberal, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was like shifting, you know, everything that I thought I knew. I was like, whoa, where am I? What's Mm -hmm. going on? So, yeah, very drastic differences, but good in, um, I think, shaping the balance of me where I have, you know, information on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. So growing up then, were you always kind of expressing yourself through creativity or was that something that came later? No, yeah, for sure. My dad always mentioned, he's like, you're such a daydreamer. And Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, always make arts and crafts out of nature. We didn't have cable. So I had to like really find things to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember like I, I would like cut up my t-shirts and like make them into like cute, cute designs. And then I would like draw, you know, different things and make people vote on which one they liked the best. So yeah, creativity has kind of always been, um, in my blood. And it sounds like your family was pretty nurturing around that. Yeah, very. I mean, it wasn't, there was never a big conversation or a big expectation on this is the kind of person that you need to be, or like, this is, Mm. you know, what we would be most proud of you as it was just, Hey, like, this is what you like. Okay. Do that. Like, I just don't think that they were ever very, um, interested in carving out a path for us, which was really nice. So beautiful. Yeah. I grew up the same way. Um, I had an entrepreneur for a dad and, um, within my journey with photography too, it was just always kind of, um, just, what it was, you know, it, the, the biggest thing was just like, we just want you to be able to support yourself. Yeah. Um, but never like a hindering on like, mm, you should find something more stable. So that's, mm-hmm. what, I love hearing that for other people too, because that can be pretty rare within creativity. Yeah. And my, you know, my dad, uh, dropped out of college, also very entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. And my mom, um, her mom had worked at a college, so she had like her college paid for. So there was again, like never that, emphasis on, well, you have to go to this school and Mm. have this degree. It's kind of like, ah, well, you know, we all kind of did it our own way anyway. So whatever works. So what was your journey? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Did you go to college or what was your journey like after high school? Um, I went for, I took a year off and then I went for about a week, like before (laughs) you had to actually start physically paying fees. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember sitting in speech class. There were two moments. I was sitting in speech class and I was like, there is no way I'm going to pay (laughs) $40,000 to be a photographer to sit here in speech class. Yeah. Um, And then the other was when, you know, we had a a photography styled class, but it was more so somebody would just kind of talk to you. And I was like, I want hands on, you know, I want to, I want to be in it. I want to learn. So I just decided that wasn't really for me. Yeah, that makes sense. So how did photography enter into your life? How did you fall in love with it and start to get intrigued by that and like turning it into a career? Um, wow. Lots of, lots of good questions there. I, 
think photography was always something that I like dabbled in as long as, as we had a camera around, but Mm -hmm. I really started picking it up when I lived in Oregon during high school. And, um, I got into modeling while I was there and met a lot of really, really great people. I mean, a lot of people that I met at that time, I'm still friends with now. And I didn't really love modeling. It's just not really for me, but I did love doing like the fashion shows and going backstage and taking my camera and Mm. like taking behind the scenes of the friends that I had made and then shooting outside as well. I was like, Oh, I actually really kind of like this. Like, this is fun. So it really just started as like candidates of my friends. And then slowly I was like, Oh, I, I really like this. Um, but it, it, it's just, it's been the thing I think that's always come fairly easily to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we take those things for granted. Mm-hmm. So I never took it super seriously until a couple years ago. And I was like, you know what, you're good at this. You like it. Let's like actually structure it into something that can sustain you financially as well. Right. And you know, it's so interesting because I get, I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but like, oh, did you go to school for photography? And when I say no, I had to like release a lot of shame around that because I thought it made me feel, it made me feel like I was less than, that I didn't have that technical training. Um, But I think what I've kind of fallen into now is like, yeah, like you said, like this deep gratitude for, for it coming naturally, for there being like an ease. It's like a, a really beautiful marriage between me and my camera where we just like understand each other. And Mm -hmm. I never really had to fight hard to understand. Yeah. It's almost like an intuitive dance. You know, some people are very technical and some people are very intuitive and it just takes on different lives for each people. Right. So, and the work looks very differently depending on where you're coming from as well. Absolutely. And that's one thing too, um, that I love so much is that like the photography community is not competitive because Mm -mm. I think we deeply understand everyone's viewpoint is so different, you know, like even like I boudoir and like photographing women is one of my favorite things in the world. And I look at your work and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what I see (laughs) is so much soul and connection between you and your clients and the only thing that I want to do is make sure that I am also offering that to my clients so like yeah it's more of like an inspiration community right where we just like can try to like see where the other photographer is coming from um yeah if that makes sense for sure and that's super beautiful I've had people ask me before you know they're like well you know photography is so competitive I'm like you know mm. it's not and it I was like and the be. reason that it's not is because everybody is so different in expressing the way that they see the world through right. a lens right so right. your work will never look like anybody else's it just mm-hmm. won't like it's a completely different mix of ingredients to make make your art so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where you just get to look at everybody and appreciate them for who they are and what they're capturing and what they're leaving in it right I cannot wait for people to stumble across your Instagram. It is just like, (laughs) literally, it is art to the fullest. And you've had some gallery showings, right? I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I started that last year and that's been really fun. It's fun to see it printed, you know, like I think everything's so digital now. So being able to like blow it up and see it and hold it, that's a good feeling. Yeah. You're such an expander for me in that regard because I've always wanted to do some sort of a gallery showing, but there's a lot of fear that I have to work through first, but it's been really cool to see um, that you've been able to showcase your work like that because it truly is art. I mean, like I already know I'm condo hunting right now. I'm looking for a place to buy. And when I came across your, your work, I was like, I'm definitely going to buy something of hers to have on my walls. Cause it's just stunning. So 
Oh, maybe we do some tradesy work. Hey, so I love that. To put in mind. Yeah. So can you take me through the journey with the female form? Like how did this niche of yours come to fruition? What's the history there for you? Oh, wow. Um, another really good question. Mm-hmm. I think that's got a couple layers to it. Yeah. So All the layers, please. To, yeah. <laughs> try my best to dissect that. Um, I'll give you, you know, the short answer first is that um, feminine forms, which is like the kind of company of it um, started pretty much by accident, really. I had a friend who wanted her maternity photos taken. And Feminine Forms is like all, I mean, it's just all female everything, right? It's like maternity, it's motherhood. It's like just a woman who wants to have photos of just her body and Mm -hmm. herself and and all of these things. And that started because a friend asked me to do um, her maternity photos. And I was like, well, I've never done them before, but sure. Mm-hmm. And so I did them and they were beautiful. I resonated so much with them because I was like, oh my gosh, look at what the female form is so capable of. And mm-hmm. it's crazy to me that it can do that. And I, I, I loved it. I fell in love. So I was like, wow, so I can make this a business. And it feels like it has so much purpose to me as well. So that's, that's how that started. And I think in general, um, I've always been, I think, a little bit of a rebel on the inside Mm. and the outside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And something that I really felt after moving to Portland, Oregon, and really seeing a very liberal side is that, you know, women should be expressed. They should be able to share who they are and how they feel. And there should be a lot of equality there. And one of those equalities was that my body is natural. It's of the natural world and there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I don't want anybody to tell me that I need to do things a certain way or dress a certain way or be a certain way just because my gender is different. Mm -hmm. And so that led to a lot of like just self-expression, I think through um, self-portraiture because sometimes I just needed to get something out right away. And a lot of those I found that I could explain through like the abstraction of self-portraiture my message better if they were you know more um more nude or more in my feminine form because you can see like the muscles and the you know just like your skin and the light and everything it's really beautiful so that was kind of how that portal kind of opened that's amazing yeah and your self-portraits are wildly known and celebrated on instagram which is such a breath of fresh air and quite honestly for me I've had a lot of I have a lot of uh, body shame is too harsh because that's not true but just hang-ups on is yeah. this good enough is this worth showing do I need to face tune this you know the whole dance mm-hmm. um and it's been really healing for me just to see how open you are with just taking these self-portraits and putting them out there for everyone to see. So have you always been able to celebrate your body and have that view towards your, towards yourself? Or was that, were there like some things that you had to unblock, um, as far as sharing it on Instagram anyway, to the public? Um, I think for the most part, I've always been pretty 
pretty open about it. But I think, you know, just like everybody else, like I have my own hangups as well on, you know, certain parts or things that things that could be different, you know, mm-hmm. um, like something that used to really bother me was that I felt like I had really big hips and where those used to be a curse, the more that I just started to do self-portraiture, which is a big reason why I'm a big fan of teaching it for mm-hmm. kind of body love situations is because then I realized that they could be an asset, right? So mm-hmm. like now I can use my hips to create really pretty lines in photos mm-hmm. or, you know, they just give that extra, extra line of curve. And that to me is really beautiful. So that helped me love my body, I think. And it helped me to feel like I was more comfortable sharing that because I found a way to really love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that helps. And then as far as sharing on Instagram, I think I was on board with Instagram so early on that there wasn't a lot of that same like competitive or like, you know, the, the looking, the envy and things like that, that just wasn't something that had come up yet. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of like, Oh, like I had, you know, 15 friends and it was me. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm just going to like post this photo. No big deal. Um, still with like a pretty caption, whatever, but it didn't feel like, um, like I was stepping into this, this scary place. Whereas now I know there's a little bit, a little bit more of that. So yeah, but you know, what's beautiful about that is that you started with such like a small tight knit group of people who were following and then everyone else showed up because that's what they were wanting to see. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like you, like for someone like me, who's working on being better about that, which is why I signed up for your workshop in the first place that really spoke to me. Cause I was like, I want more of that. I want to be in front of the camera more and not have the weight of trying to hide yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, and there's, it's, it's beautiful too. Cause the more that you get, it's, it's counterintuitive, right? You right. think that if I don't like my body, why would I get, or, you know, there's parts of it I don't like, why would I get in front of a camera? Like right. that seems like two very opposite things, yeah. but by learning to see how your body moves and like that you can, place it in ways that feels like it's it's beautiful Mm -hmm. then it gives you a totally new appreciation for it so Mm -hmm. I think it's just like finding like you know light and movement and curves and lines and seeing it for like textures and art as opposed to like just like skin so Mm -hmm. yeah and I think also letting go of like what other people might think right like the vanity Mm -hmm. part of it or um people thinking that like I'm doing it for likes or like for, for conceit. And that part is hard for me too, but it's really funny. And why I think like people like you putting it out there is really helpful is because that's the last thing I think when I look at your work or anyone else who posts a beautiful photo of themselves, right? It's like, it's so wild that those are the thoughts we have about our own self, but we don't have them about others. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And it, I think it's it's definitely a bit of cultivating mm. a thick skin of just like, mm-hmm. okay, well, this is how I feel. And this is important to me. And, yeah. you know, kind of getting through that fear of like, what will everybody else think? Um, and they have the and freedom to leave if they I've would like. a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't have to be tuning in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So but I, I, oh, sorry. No, no, um, no. Last thing I'll say with that is that it is really interesting, though, because I get the question a lot of like, oh, well, like because you're super nude on your Instagram all the time, like do you have like super creepy people that just come mm-hmm. by? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the irony is no. I mean, I, I can probably count on one hand the amount of people I've had to block for being like even remotely creepy. And that's with having Instagram for like 
I don't know, almost a decade. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because when you put out that energy of, of, you know, you're doing it for all the right reasons, right. You get a lot of that same, um, energy back from the community. And so I'm very thankful that whenever I post something, it's, it's very supported and mm-hmm. it's held with a lot of care from the people who are also showing up. Mm-hmm. Which is really nice. And that has everything to do with you just showing up in your authenticity. Right. Yeah. And being so magnetic. That's so great. I love that. So is this something, how often do you create yourself portraits? Is it something that you feel like you need to do every day as like a creative outlet or do you just kind of tap into it intuitively and do it when it feels good? Yeah, mostly, mostly intuitively. I think mm-hmm. if there's, I really use it when I've got like an excess of energy that I, I need to express in some way. Mm-hmm. And so putting on some music, just getting into my own Zen space, it's kind of like going to yoga or going for a run. It's like meditation. So it just feels mm-hmm. like a way to exercise that energy out. So yeah, very intuitive. And just whenever, whenever it strikes. I love that. How do you come up with most of your poses and like scenarios? It's all super, it's like dance almost, I guess is like a good way to put it, Um, where I usually try to use a mirror. So that's like something I I teach in my workshops as well as like the power of mirrors is so wonderful Um, because you get to watch yourself kind of unfold and bend in these really strange, strange positions. Um, So I think it's just, again, such an act of like meditation and just going with the flow and seeing what comes out and not every photo is by any means wonderful mm-hmm. <laughs> but at least you know you get a couple in there where you're like oh no I really like I resonate with that that's how I was feeling mm, that's beautiful I love that I love that mirror tip too it's like mm-hmm. that's such a such an accessible tool too yeah even when I'm photographing women for feminine forms I always make sure that there's a mirror where they can mm. see themselves because that just just helps you know yeah absolutely so okay for everyone out there listening who is like me and is sort of on the fence and really wanting to share, but has some insecurities, what would you tell someone who's feeling held back yet wants to share themselves through self-portraits? Oh man. Um, I've, I've gotten asked this a couple times, um, because there are some individuals who have, you know, maybe you have family on Instagram or you have something mm-hmm. like that. And it's kind mm-hmm. of this hill you're trying to get over of not caring yeah. <laughs> what the feedback is. Um, and so, I usually just try to recommend, you know, do it for yourself first and just get comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And then when you're ready and you find one that you really love, then, you know, share that one. And at least you have this sense of, of security behind it where it's like, no, I really believe in this. Like, this is this is the photo that I want to share. Um, the other advice that I've given is to start start small. Like, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a full nude right off the bat, but maybe you've got like some really cute laundry you want to try it out with or you know you want to use fabrics as just like um a cover for the first couple and Mm -hmm. sometimes that's good to both ease yourself into and ease the rest of the community into but absolutely yeah that's so great so how has sharing yourself in this way changed you would you say oh good question (laughs) uh wow you know, I think it just gives an extra level of vulnerability, kind of, mm. as you said at the beginning. Um, I had a, a self-portrait workshop last year, and one of somebody's questions was, do you feel like it's necessary for you to do self-portraits without your clothing as opposed to with it? And obviously, sometimes I, I will, in fact, use clothing, but mm-hmm. most times not. And I think the reason for that is 
it's just extra vulnerability. It's like, this is, this is me. This is me expressing my emotion. This is me expressing like the rawness of myself. And I don't want the extra fabric. I don't want the extra things accompanying to that or tied to that. Like, I just want this to be me in my form and with whatever words that I want to put with those that are also me in raw form. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just about capturing, I think, like the essence of everything. And that's, I guess, how that's that shaped me. It just feels like such an outlet. Yeah, that's amazing. So... I want to read something that you wrote recently on your Instagram. So for everyone listening, I'm sure that you're going to, if you haven't already, run to your phone and start following her (laughs) both. But I'm going to link both your personal account and Feminine Forms because your personal account is where you really crack open your soul and share a lot of your beautiful writing. Um, This one that I'm going to read really quick made me cry. Oh, no. (laughs) In the best way. I mean, I can just relate so deeply. So I just want to read it for everyone really quick. So learning to speak up is not easy for me. Blame it on a secretive scorpion soul or a deep desire for peace. Blame it on an Aquarian core that nothing is that big of a deal and that we will always rise above it. But there are days where my heart hurts and parts of me want to unleash tsunamis. I'll tell you the truth about the way I love you, but rarely am I able to be honest about the pieces of me that are volcanic. I process in silence and reemerge as if nothing has happened. Keep the peace. But I am learning that by never being vocal about all of our facets, we are never able to move forward, not with ourselves and not with others. A courage I am striving for, a deeper level of honesty I am fearful of, but working on. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I just have like major feels. Chills and like so much like Kundalini in my hands. It's just so beautifully said. So, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Can you talk us through the pieces that have been difficult to overcome when it comes to using your platform to speak your truth like this? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm such a honest person and Mm. I, that's something that I really strive for. Um, I think the challenge is that, especially in, in writing and words, which for me, the photos are very, it's, it's abstract, right? Like you can look at it and you can sense that there's emotion, but you're not really sure what it is. Mm -hmm. And the words are a way to pinpoint that exact emotion of, of whatever I was trying to convey. And so I think the challenge is that with emotions and with words and with spelling it out, it's tough to not point fingers, I think, because obviously, um, within like the world of relationships and circumstances and experiences, it's, you want to be as honest as humanly possible while also still respecting, um, the people in your life that it may also be infused by. So that I think has been my biggest challenge is I want to scream from the rooftops (laughs) the ways that I feel and, um, all of those feelings, but there is a respect level there for everybody else involved in some of those pieces of writing. So Mm. I think it's, it's been such a, um, kind of an experience of learning how to balance to share without, um, disrupting anybody's privacy or anything like that. But that's the hardest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Even when we were talking um, through video before we started recording, um, I really loved the way that you sort of stapled Instagram as your diary. Um, yeah. There's there's a really fine balance between people who rely on Instagram to share and get that validation 
which I'm not judging whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side to have it as a means of like, this is how I express myself to the world and I'm not expecting anything in return. Like it is so evident that this is for you. And something that I think is a breath of fresh air about how you use the platform for art um, and self-expression is there's so much noise around Instagram on like how to up your following and like what are the best times to post and you know that one of the tips always being like make sure to ask a question at the end of your caption I just I can't buy into any of that it doesn't feel mm-hmm. true for me it doesn't feel authentic to me and I think this is such a beautiful example of you can still form community and people who resonate with your words just by sharing yours and having it be like period the end no question no invitation um so I just think that that's a really important example for for creating content that's authentic and for the greater good but without that heavy expectation or reliance on um validation yeah thank you um Mm -hmm. it's definitely yeah very much the the quote at the top of my bio is um a diary of internal evolution. And it's mm. from one of Patty Smith's book, just kids. And I was like, Oh man, I resonate with that. Like, that's how I feel like everything is, is it's, you know, my Instagram is so precious to me. Um, because I feel like it's such a diary of mm-hmm. internal, you know, evolution. It's like me as a kid and like me now, and that whole process of the things that I've grown through and the things that I've gone through, the people that I've loved, the places that I've been. And it's like, you know, my whole life on, on one platform. Um, so yeah. And it's, there is a, that validation piece is so true. And that's definitely one of the biggest things with Instagram right now that I see is that it is such a validating tool, but I think something that's cool about using it for your own art or your own voice and creating a community out of that is that, for me, sharing is so important. And by sharing it with others and having others resonate with that, it then gives me a sense of peace. So like, oh man, I'm not alone. Like I'm not mm-hmm. the only one who's ever felt this feeling, right? right? So it's that's beautiful to be able to um, to give resonating feelings and then to also feel in return that, oh, I'm so glad somebody resonates because mm-hmm. that makes me not crazy. Even if it's one person. Right? Even if it's one person. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So let's tap it, tap back into um, the self, I guess. So what have been your most therapeutic healing modalities? So I guess what are the things that you do to tap back in and return to your true self when you feel like you've gone off course? Uh, wow. Um, self-portraiture, definitely. That's a big one. Just like good for getting back into my body, I think. Um, and let's see what else being outside nature for me is, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to like feel the wind, feel the heat, understand that whatever issue I feel like I'm spiraling out of control on, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, the, the universe is huge and then there's me. So that's very grounding mm-hmm. and, um, driving, driving for me is huge. If I feel mm-hmm. like I'm just kind of out of whack, I'll just get in the car, put on some music, roll down the windows mm-hmm. and just kind of <laughs> drive it out. And that really seems to help. Those are huge for me. I love that. And they don't cost any money. That's so nice. Yeah, I'm big on that. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of the universe, something that I really admire and resonate about you too is you're very passionate about astrology. So I don't know much about it, but I do appreciate it. Um, 
So how did this enter into your life? Have you always been connected to it? So not always. I, um, I, I grew up Christian, so it wasn't necessarily one of the conversations that mm-hmm. we had, obviously. Ever. Right. Um, but then a friend of mine who um, kind of grew up with a little bit more of like occult learnings was like, oh, you know, I recently have started learning about astrology. I'm like, all right, well, that's interesting. Like, let me pull it up. And so at that time, you could just go find your, um, your birth chart mm-hmm. on like one site. And so... I pulled it up and I started reading through it and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is so me. Like, it's Mm -hmm. amazing that it's pinpointing some of these personality traits that I have that I've never been able to put into words, but Mm -hmm. like, wow, I I so resonate with that. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my first deep dive into um, astrology and numerology and psychology and all of these things. And I'm such a sucker for um, just self-development, you know, like how can I... How can I be better? How can mm-hmm. I learn more about myself so that then I can show up for others better? Yeah. Um, and so that's really what astrology is. So whether or not, you know, anybody takes it super seriously is it's really not the point. It's when you read it, do you question yourself? Mm-hmm. And if so then that's, that's the whole idea. It's exactly. just asking self questions. Yeah. So I've done a lot of like having my birth chart read and I'm very into human design. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like this, it's like this weight kind of is lifted when you surrender to it because it just gives you this like permission to just be who you are at the mm-hmm. core. Um, yeah. So I always try to say like, you know, I have friends and people in my life who, who mock it and I'm like, that's okay. That's totally okay. It's just try to look at it as something as like, it does no harm. Right. Yeah. That I, yeah, that I'm, yeah, leaning into this. Um, so can we play for a second? If I, if I tell you my sun, moon and rising, can you tell me what this means for me? Yeah. Cause do I it. don't know. Okay. So <laughs> my sun is Virgo. My moon is in Taurus and my rising is Aquarius. Okay. Wow. Fun. We're, we're kind of similar. Really? Um, cool. All right. So let's start with the first one. So your sun is in Virgo, you said, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a Virgo moon, so I'm, I'm going to kind of relate this, um, as I usually do all things through some of my own experiences with, mm-hmm. with Virgos in general, but Virgos are very, obviously like the staple center poster for Virgos, right? It's like, you're super de- detail oriented. Mm-hmm. Like you want to get everything figured out. Everything has like its place and its organization. Um, the thing that I have noticed the most that is perhaps not the most, um, talked about with Virgos is that I feel like who they are on the outside is sometimes very different than who they are on the inside in the Mm -hmm. sense of on the surface it is I want to be this perfect person and to have it all together and on the inside I might be super sensitive and feel like I have no idea what's going on Mm -hmm. but we're gonna pretend that we've we've got it all figured out Mm -hmm. um and I, I love that about Virgos because, oh my gosh, at least, you know, they're trying and mm-hmm. they, they do try their best, which I think is really gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a Taurus moon. Um, okay, so Taurus is very stubborn. Also the poster child comment for, <laughs> for Tauruses. Mm-hmm. And so your moon rules your emotions. And mm-hmm. so when you put two things like a sun and um, one of the planets together, in this case, the moon, it's kind of like math, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. what is this plus this add? Mm -hmm. And so Taurus is being very sensual and very earthy and also very stubborn, very bullheaded with your emotions. It could be something similar to that, where it's like, I feel this way. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel 
like changing that up anytime soon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of just like trying to to navigate that as best you can, mm-hmm. um, which I know can be challenging sometimes. I know a couple of people with Taurus moons and sometimes like, no, I don't want to be the one to give in on this. I feel yeah. very strongly. I'm, I can relate to that a lot when it comes to like people protecting people I love, um, mm-hmm. kind of like in their stance on things. And very much I get I get that way about um, politics as well. When I like believe in yeah. something with politics, I would say those are like my two things where I am like, I am not backing down. Mm-hmm. This is how I feel. This is why. Um, because otherwise I just, I feel like I don't really have that stubbornness. Like I'm very go with the flow for the yeah. most part, but those are two areas in my life where I'm like, oh yeah, that's a Taurus <laughs> thing in me for sure. <laughs> I know I have a, my moon is Virgo. So it's again, dealing with emotional emotional waters but having that very like detail oriented I am not detail oriented by any means I mean I'm like you it's like super free flowy but when it comes to things that are my heart and my heart's wrapped up into it Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that it comes out clearly that like everybody understands what I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's very clear and very you know organized so it's funny how different aspects of yourself in regards to astrology kind of yeah absolutely that so what's Aquarius? Um, Aquarius rising is really fun that's such a great placement Mm -hmm. um I am an Aquarius sun sign, so um, also can relate to this quite personally. But I think, so your rising sign is all about how the world sees you or how mm. other people see you. When you first meet somebody, what do you come off as? What energy do you extend? And so Aquarius is very like, it's calm, cool, it's collected. It's, you know, just kind of hanging out and enjoying the atmosphere. And it's also um, very... I guess like it loves technology and it loves like sharing through technology. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you do podcasts is like not, you know, coincidental. It's like, Oh, well that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it's also very future oriented and liberal and, um, I mean, not, not liberal in like the sense of Democrat Republican, but just like very forward and progressive thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's a fixed sign. So it's very stubborn about, there's a little bit of that stubbornness too yeah. about your certain views maybe, or, um, they are quite loyal as people. So defending people you care about might also, um, contribute to that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, so that's so lovely. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That's, that's the overview. That's really cool. <laughs> How has your deep understanding for astrology played a part like in your personal journey? Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. Um, it's, for me, it's such a grounder. Um, anytime I feel like there's something in my life that is going absolutely haywire or there is an energy that I just do not understand, even if it's, you know, with relationships with others or with career or with just my own personal mood swings, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a lot. What is going on? I need some help. Mm. And turning to astrology sometimes and seeing what's happening um, collectively is a big thing. And then also seeing what's happening for me right now in my own personal chart really helps me be like, Oh, okay. Well, that's why, because you know, this is here and this is the energy that that particular planet is giving off. And again, Mm. whether or not that is the thing or not, yeah, I'm I'm never going to say for sure, but I do resonate and it does give me a sense of peace. And that helps me at least feel like, okay, it's, it's not, you're again, you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. There's something going on here. There's something bigger than you happening. So just like surrender, let it go and go with the flow as best you can. So that, yeah. that does help a lot. Are there any, what, um, apps or websites do you tap into most? 
So um, two apps I would definitely recommend and kind of for different purposes. One of them is Time Passages. It's all one word. Um, That is wonderful for people who want to actually see the chart and they, you know, want to read through it in a chart-like fashion. But it's very, you know, it's very easy to use. Um, And then there's one called uh, The Pattern. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Yeah. (laughs) And it's also based off of that same... um, it's based off of astrology as well, but it doesn't use any of the terminology, which I think is easier for people to read because they're yeah. like, all right, well, we don't have to worry about whatever that confusing word is. We Learning can just a read new language. <laughs> yeah. So That's those awesome. two I would definitely recommend. That's great. Um, going back to self-portraiture and especially working with other women tapping into themselves, how how has this experience been like for you? Let's okay. Well, let me reframe that question. What has it been like teaching other women to tap into their bodies and self-acceptance? I can't even begin to imagine. I know what it feels like after a boudoir session is finished and you know, the woman is like, I didn't know I looked like that. Or like, (laughs) I feel so confident. Like it makes me want to cry after every Uh, session. So I can't even imagine what it must feel like hosting these workshops and like collectively building this sisterhood of women who just like not only recognize each other, but then recognize themselves in such like a, a different light. What is that like? Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. So you, I mean, you know, session to session based, that yeah. same feeling. It's just like such a high when yeah. you just like, you get done with the session and they're just like, oh my gosh, that was yeah. so fun. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not super painful and you look beautiful. And they're like, I feel super radiant and, yeah. and all the things. So that's like a great, great feeling, right? It is. Um, and then in workshops, it's, there's, there's two types of workshops that I do. So there are ones where it's kind of a larger group. And then there are ones that are more one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the larger groups are really beautiful, especially for the Q&A session, because you know, people have questions. They yeah. want to know, like, well, what do I need? Or, like, you know, um, why do you do this this way? And that's a great opportunity to really create a conversation around things that women in general are very familiar with, right? Like, okay, well, what about the part of my, part of my body that I don't love? Or what about, like, the expectation from society that I have to show up a certain way or, you know, post a certain way or whatever? Mm-hmm. And so that's really a beautiful moment of... Um, like you said, sisterhood of just, we've all been there. We understand all the questions that come up. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's just a really gorgeous space to be in. Um, one in one-on-ones are some of my favorites actually for the purpose that you just get to watch a person transform from the beginning to the end. I did one not too long ago with, um, two women that are a little bit, uh, they, they're not big on technology at all. So going through that whole conversation, of like, you know, light and things that are so simple to me, but might not be simple to everybody else and just little tips and tricks on how to do things. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, whole new world. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of send them back out into the world as, as people with new bits of information. And that's really cute to see people get really excited about something that is so easy for me, but profound for them. So It's just, yeah, it's a lot of joy. I mean, it just, it makes you happy. It makes you want to cry. It makes you want to do it again and again. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's really like the best part of it. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm just like so (laughs) grateful. I mean, we were talking about this before, you know, hopefully everything with the Corona pandemic starts Mm -hmm. to heal, God willing. And 
I'm able to be there, but I just cannot wait. And for anyone who might be interested, I'll include the link um, in the show notes that you can either connect with Megan directly if you have any other questions or you can grab your ticket. Um, I'm assuming it's, is it still open? Yeah, it's oh, still good. open for okay. now. So we'll give it another couple of weeks, see how yeah. this whole thing plays out yeah. and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so. for sure. Okay. So I want to close out with what I call rapid fire questions, but, <laughs> but I say that, but by all means, please take your time in answering and feel free to speak freely and in detail. So no need to rush. Um, right. Does that sound good? All right, I'm ready. Okay, perfect. In this season of life, what are you most grateful for? Wow, grateful for learning the ability to let go and go with the flow. Oh, I love that so much. What is your morning routine, if you have one? So my morning routine is I get up at about 7.30. I, oh, no, sorry, uh, 6.30. Head to the coffee shop that opens at 7. And I'll just like work there for about an hour. Sometimes I'll dig into something astrology related to feel Mm. like I just got like a boost of knowledge. Um, I love to feel like I'm learning. So that's a great way to start. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'll usually like go to the park or go for a drive and then I'll start my day. I just need like that little extra time to get myself in an awake mood and excited about the day. Yeah. I love to, it's pretty unique. I feel like I've asked this question so many times and also just in general, not even just with podcast guests, I'm so intrigued by people's morning and evening routines. I think it kind of says a lot about them. Um, and it's rare that I hear about people actually leaving their space first thing in the morning. A lot of times people are like, I hibernate. I love that. I love that. You're like, no, I like get outside and get around people. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm weird about like spending too much time in the morning in my, in my house. And I think it's because it's so cozy, Mm -hmm. but if I keep hanging out here, I'm literally going to get nothing done. So I have to get outside of my house to go see the world in order to wake up. Yeah. That makes sense. So what about your evening routine? Do you have like a nighttime routine? So I don't have Wi-Fi in my house, which is really interesting. So I can't really do a lot um, with technology, which is really nice. So usually I'll try to journal before bed. I usually do um, an Oracle card reading for myself. So usually I'll just like pull one card just for the kind of like the energy of the day or just something that I might need to hear and um, just try to kind of tap in to that more quiet space mm-hmm. that comes after a really long day. Mm-hmm. And I like candles and put on Christmas lights. It's a, it's a whole vibe. Yes. I think we're the same person. <laughs> Sorry yeah, to okay. wonder. Um, so do you not have Wi-Fi by choice? I have to know. I do have, I, I do not have Wi-Fi um, just because I, I just don't use it. Like I'm, I'm mm. not, I try not to spend a lot of time at home during the day because I just feel like I, get more done when I'm outside of my house. Yeah. And so I don't really need it a and B. I mean, there are a few different things as far as like, Oh, well, does it like mess with the way that you sleep? So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to use it. That's amazing. That's cool. I like that. Do you have a mantra that's personal to you? Oh man. (laughs) I ask if it's personal to you and I'm like, can you share it with all of us? Your personal mantra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I don't really have like a super personal mantra. Mm. I think whenever things feel like they're a little wacky or just in general, it's kind of just, it is what it is. I mean, Mm. that's, that helps me let go of the need to feel like I need to control certain situations and just lets me flow throughout the day. And yeah, yeah, so that's that's my big one. Recognition of the moment. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What's your favorite act of self-care? 
Mm, my favorite act of self-care is definitely getting like a little bit of coffee and learning something new about astrology because that makes me super happy mm. and I just get to sit there and absorb knowledge not for anybody else but for myself and it just feels like such a gift to just sit there and learn <laughs> yeah so good what is your spirit animal Ooh, um okay so I've got two answers for that Definitely a cat as far as, you know, like the more <laughs> easy version of myself because I'm like very independent. I do my own thing. Um, you know, pet me when I want you to, but like not all the time. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, and then I think the um, more spiritual answer to that would be like a horse um, mm-hmm. just because I have such a deep need for freedom and I like I want open span uh, open space and expansiveness and mm-hmm. room to just feel like I have space to run so and you're very intuitive yeah so yeah that that's a very horse like thing too I yeah guess. if you were a color what color would you be <laughs> hmm? the fact that black came up bad I don't know no <laughs> I love black mysterious yeah, deep it, there's so much <laughs> soulful to it, you know? yes and that's what I've always loved about that yeah. color. I love the energy of black, to be honest. Me too. Um, off the top of your head, what are three things that are making you happy right now? Mm, um, warm, beautiful, sunny weather. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big one. Um, being in my space mm-hmm. and just really cultivating it. Um, this is my first real spot that feels very much like me. So that's really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just like friendship. I'm really mm. enjoying spending more time with the people in my life that I love and count on and enjoy. And that there's something so beautiful about creating a tribe of people that you just cannot get enough of. Mm-hmm. I love that. What is something that breaks your heart? Oh man. Um, dang. Why did so many things just come up? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is something that breaks my heart? I think the same thing that I'm, I think I'm learning is just like the ability to let go that you mm-hmm. cannot control everything. And while that's beautiful, it's also sometimes very heartbreaking. And mm-hmm. it's just, there are things that you just sometimes have to let into the wind and mm-hmm. trust the world and let it go. Mm-hmm. What soothes your soul? Mm-hmm. Being in my own, own space with my own things and, just like being quiet. Yeah. Love that. What song or musician is on repeat for you right now? Okay. So there's a song <laughs> that's been on repeat for me since I mean, January, right? So it was my birthday on the 20th of January. And this song came on and it's just been my, my go-to every morning on repeat, every night on repeat. It's the best. It is called, um, fittingly so. It's called Moon by... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kid Franscoli, maybe? Okay. okay. I'm going to listen yeah. right when we hang up. I'll put it in the show notes too. Perfect. Do you have a favorite book or a current book that you're reading? I do or have both? a <laughs> couple favorite books. Um, Women Who Run With the Wolves is amazing. Oh, Obviously gosh. a great, great woman book to have. Yeah, that's also very on brand for you. <laughs> yeah, very, 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 yeah. very. Um, Just Kids by Patti Smith, another really beautiful book. And the one that I'm rereading right now is Henry and June by Anais Nin, which is just full of beautiful words. <laughs> Amazing. So I think I already know the answer because of things that you said, but coffee or tea? Oh, for sure, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite way to take care of your body? 
Mm, yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Or self-portraiting. It, it's kind of a similar Ooh, dance, but yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What about your mind? Mm, astrology. Mm-hmm. Just like, let me learn. Let me explain things to myself in logical ways. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, what does mindfulness mean to you? <sighs> what does mindfulness mean to me? I think it just means being very present about all of all of your decisions and the way that you show up for people every day. It's mm-hmm. setting intentions on everything. When you walk mm-hmm. into your job every day and you're like, "What? why am I here? And if it's not because, oh, I love it, then maybe it's so mm-hmm. I can make somebody's day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just mindfulness is being present and setting your intentions for everything that you do as much as possible. So beautifully said. Well, this has been truly such a gift to have you on here. I already knew how much I loved and valued your energy just by following you on Instagram and our short time emailing and video chatting. But really, I'm blown away. There's no doubt in my mind that you are a light worker and that we're all better off for you being on this earth. So thank you for being so open and vulnerable with all of us. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. And same, I mean, your podcasts are so beautiful and they're Mm -hmm. so beautifully done. So I'm excited to listen to more of them as they come out and to see how that grows for you too. So thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Can't wait to hug you in person. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully it all works out. It will. April 11th. I should be seeing you. All right. Thanks so much, Megan. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Wow, you guys, isn't Megan incredible? She feels otherworldly. She is otherworldly. And that's my mission with this show is to bring on more guests like Megan who are willing and able to tap into something so much bigger than what's obvious to the naked eye. As we all know, the human experience is so complex. It's so messy and so healing and freeing and damaging all at once. It requires total vulnerability, deep work and reprogramming. And one of the best ways for us to be able to do that work is by hearing from other people who are willing to crack themselves open, to share their own stories, to show us that it's possible, to show us what's on the other side. It's something that I'm working on every day to be able to show up for you guys in that way. And Megan has been a really beautiful expander and teacher for me in that light. So With the current unknown state of the world and all of us being in isolation at the moment and practicing social distancing, I wanted to close out on yet another writing from Megan. It felt really appropriate given everything that's happening. The feeling of aloneness is an interesting one. It's a familiar sensation that is at times uncomfortable but oddly present. It feels like quiet and sometimes isolating. I feel it most when new changes are coming or when the wind is switching directions. I feel it after releasing and letting go, but the real kind, not the kind where I pretend I have, but secretly I haven't. It's the acknowledgement that everything I identified with is transitioning or fading. Some days it makes me really sad because I miss, yearn, ache for, and crave. Other days it's the knowing that this aloneness is an opportunity to be my own best friend to expand my horizons, to rediscover who I am and what I want. A mix of both, a lot of feels, the discomfort of getting reacquainted with silence. Mm, I love that so much. So may we all just take this time to reflect and to heal what needs healing, to witness our thoughts, 
to see what needs changing and to feel into what's real, to spread light, to spread love in this moment of what feels like uncertainty and some heaviness and some darkness. Let's just take every ounce of the love that we have into the world once we're up and thriving again, because we will be. We're not in any of this alone, even in isolation. We are in it together collectively. I love you all so much, and I will see you back here next week.